Welcome to this episode of Athletic Training Chat. On this episode, we have Austin uh, doing a interview when he was down at Vanderbilt for what ultimately ended up being too short of a time, given everything that's going on in the world. But he is interviewing their baseball athletic training, Chris Matarazzo. Um, great an interesting episode about working towards your quote-unquote dream job, whatever that may be in your reference. Uh, a lot of depth and detail about what that can look like and how patience is ultimately going to be a virtue when it comes to getting there. As always, we are powered by Mueller Sports Medicine. Great time to start looking at your shopping for this summer and next fiscal year. Make sure to give them a uh, look. They have a lot of good products and ones that work really, really well for what is ultimately um, nice to your budget. So we highly recommend checking them out. With that, please enjoy this episode, and we will catch you guys later. Welcome to this episode of AT Chat. Um, happy National Athletic Training Month. Um, it is 2nd of March here when we are recording this. Don't know when this will come out yet, but for that month. Um, just a reminder, we are powered by Mueller Sports Medicine. Big thank you to those guys. They are super into it and super involved in the, in the athletic training profession, and we couldn't do this without them. So if you have a second, go check out Mueller Sports Medicine. Um, we have a really fun episode for you today. I am here with Chris Maserato. He is the athletic trainer at Vanderbilt University. He works with their baseball team. And if you know anything about them, they're pretty good. He's actually my preceptor right now, so we'll end up talking a little bit about that. But I will actually give it over to Chris. Um, let him fill in the background. He's been at Vanderbilt for a couple of years, but he's been kind of all over the place. He's been at Florida, Penn State, but I will just kind of let him talk about that. So, Chris, welcome. Thanks for having me, Austin. Yeah, so I guess if you kind of want to fill in kind of the, how you got to this point. Yeah. Um, so I started my athletic training career, um, I think, similar to a lot of athletic trainers and just being around sports. Um, I played football in high school. I played um, baseball and soccer when I was younger. So sports has always been a huge part of my life. Um, and then just coming to the realization that there's an opportunity for me to, me to be able to do that as a profession to be continue around sports was uh, athletic training seemed like a no brainer. Um, I like being able to help people too. So it kind of, it worked out well. Um, I was fortunate enough to know that I wanted to do athletic training uh, while I was in high school. So I was able to apply to programs specific to athletic training. So I went to Springfield College and uh, we were I was there for four years, um, completed my bachelor's in science there, and then went to grad school for two years at Penn State, uh, where that kind of introduced me to the division one setting. Uh, I got to work with a multitude of teams while I was there, um, but most specifically with baseball, with men and women's volleyball and football. Um, and then after there, I went to, uh, Florida for two years working with baseball and softball there. And that's kind of where I really found my passion for baseball. 
Um, and then it's kind of translated here into Vanderbilt. I got to work with track for a couple of years here um, before ultimately switching over here in the, in the winter break. That's right. So first season with them. It is. It is. Um, fortunately for me, I've been around baseball, especially at this level before. So it's kind of, it's, mm -hmm. it hasn't been too much new. So I think that's actually kind of a pretty good segue to one of the first questions I have for you here is, I know that we've talked about it before, like you knew that baseball was always kind of where you wanted to get back into, but like you said, you've worked track and field, you've worked some of those different areas. So I guess what I know for a lot of, especially me being hoping a new grad really soon is we want that job right away, you know, that dream job. So I guess, any advice for new graduates who are just coming out of coming out of school, trying to find a job? We all have our goals and stuff, but you've been around a while. You've been around different areas. So, any advice to people looking for their first jobs? Yeah, um, I mean that's that's a pretty loaded question. Uh, it it can be tough to find that first job too, um, especially when when you're when you are just coming out. Um, you're competing with a lot of people, some that have more experience, some that have equal experience, some that have unique experience. Um, I really, as much as, as I do enjoy working baseball, and I think I knew that, um, I, I really try not to tell a lot of our new professionals to really hone in on a sport right off the bat, because especially throughout your clinical assignments, you, have, you probably haven't gotten the opportunity to to really kind of hit a bunch of different sports. So, it, I mean, if you would ask me when I left grad school, I wanted to work football. I wanted to be that, that football athletic trainer. And I took, uh, I took an internship with baseball because it, was, it seemed like a good opportunity. And that's kind of where I found that I like baseball. And even still working with track after that, um, I, I did enjoy working with track like quite a bit. And um, uh, so there are just, uh, when you find a good opportunity, you, I think you kind of know it and you take that. And if, if you kind if you work hard enough while you're there, if you show people that you're capable of doing just about anything, I think athletic trainers can kind of transition from sport to sport without much difficulty. Um, there's always going to be a little bit of a, uh, of a transition, like a learning period, especially if it's a sport you've never been around, but the, the healthcare is the same. Um, treating patients is the same too. So um, I, I guess I, I wouldn't say lock in too much because if coming out of school without a ton of experience, it, it, it's going to be really hard to find a job that you can really, if you're going to narrow it down to such a specific, now if it works out for you, great. It's, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's some um, great advice right there. Um, so being at Vanderbilt here, I don't know if everyone knows, but Vanderbilt is kind of unique in the fact that the way they're set up is they employ the medical model of care versus I guess what we typically see a little more often is kind of that athletic model where we have athletic trainers underneath the athletic director and kind of within the athletic department itself. So I guess could you explain a little bit how Vanderbilt set up and kind of how that works out for you as an athletic trainer? Yeah, so uh, the athletic trainers here at Vanderbilt are employed through the medical center. Um, I've only been here for three years, and it's been like that since I've been here, but I think it's, it's gone back many, many years before that. Um, so really what that, that kind of looks like is um, we're still housed in the athletic department here or within the athletic facilities. Uh, I have an office here in the baseball facility. 
I also have an office in McGugan um, in our main athletic training room. Um, so we spend our whole day in the athletic department similar to most of the other athletic uh, training staffs across the country. Um, but we are, so our, our team physicians, uh, our HR process all goes through the medical center. Um, and it's, it's really nice for a couple reasons. Um, one, we are tied in, we use Epic, we use uh, their, their medical records. So we are, we're able to communicate with our physicians much easier um, through that process. Uh, we're tied into a lot of the different departments up there, whether it's sports medicine, um, orthopedics, or different uh, like cardiovascular, anything we can get in there pretty quickly. Um, and then what everybody talks about too is just kind of having that autonomy from the athletic department and hope, hopefully not having, um, not having non-medical people influence medical decisions. Um, fortunately at Vanderbilt here, we've, uh, I've never felt like we've had that. Even our, our coaching staffs, um, our strength and conditioning staffs, our administrators are, are always very supportive about what we do as athletic trainers and what our team physicians do and our physical therapists. Um, but you do, you hear stories about it at other schools where so-and-so is pressuring somebody to play earlier than not. And potentially they feel, someone feels threatened that their job may be on the line if they don't, if they don't kind of go along with, with, uh, with maybe what a non-medical decision or what medical decision is kind of against. So, um, we don't have that here. I think the medical center pr protects us from that a little bit. And then just having good coaching staffs is, is also a beneficial too. So we, we kind of get the two headed approach of, of just being able to provide optimal care for, for our student athletes. Yeah, no, definitely. And as you were talking about that, I just thought back to, I think it was came out probably either late fall, late or mid fall about that article on ESPN where you saw mm -hmm. survey of all the athletic trainers and, they were discussing feeling pressure from that coaching staff. So to be able to see that you don't feel that here is a really nice thing. And I guess the medical model has been talk, especially with like the NATA and how we want to expand that. And that's been one of Tori Lingley, the NATA's president's big pushes is to kind of push that medical model. I know that at Northwestern, they kind of do that as well. Mm -hmm. I guess, do you see it expanding more? I know like Vanderbilt here, big conference SEC, mm -hmm. but still at a lot of places, we don't see that as much. Athletic training is still kind of housed under the athletic department. So do you see that growing in the near future? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a really tough decision, um, especially at this level. It's just going to go, it's going to depend on, on the university and kind of how they approach that. Um, I've been a part of some staffs where it wasn't the medical model, but the, um, the administrators gave uh, pretty good autonomy to their to their sports medicine department so um, th that's kind of tough I mean you, you do see some of these schools I think it was Kansas recently just kind of transitioned their strength and conditioning because as as kind of athletics grows they're they're almost uh, they're they're taking a much larger role with kind of the health and fitness and and some schools believe that they belong within the uh, within the sports medicine umbrella too, which which I, I like. That looks good. That helps um, that helps promote interdisciplinary care of the student athletes. Um, I think. I mean, it's that's a decision that's going to be made much much higher above uh, above my level as far as if other schools are going to 
are, are going to continue to to move into this medical model. I think it works very well here. I know, like you said, Northwestern. I think I believe UNC. There are a ton of private schools that continue to do that as well. Um, it's just whatever whatever you choose, you got to make sure, obviously, that that healthcare decisions are being made by healthcare professionals. Right. And I think you make a really good point there as kind of leaks into our next question about almost like pros and cons of this model. Mm-hmm. But I think one of the things that you really point out and what I've seen here with you guys is kind of that interprofessional care. Mm-hmm. So in some ways, you, having that PT right there, easy communication that you can get your athletes in yeah. to them right away. And you have dietitians right there. And I think that's a big thing. I think from what I've seen here, I've only been here a couple months, but I it looks like it's working really well here. And it looks like it's a good relationship that kind of helps improve that student athlete health. For sure. Um, I guess continuing on that, we talked a little bit more about the pros. So the autonomy and the interprofessional care, are there any, maybe not even issues, but things that you find a little more difficult working within this model? Uh, for sure. Um, so, uh, because we're hospital employees, we're, uh, Vanderbilt's one of the biggest hospital or the biggest hospital in the state. Um, so there are a lot of training, uh, training exercises, different online courses that we have to take uh, to be compliant with the medical center and as a healthcare professional that, and I'm not saying that they're, it's not good to be learning and training, but there's a lot of this stuff that just doesn't necessarily apply to our setting here. Um, as athletic trainers. So we're, we're going through a lot of hospital policies that um, like we need to know what their different coding systems are for evacuation and the amount of times that we're over there um, in the building it, to be evacuating people is, is just non-existent because we're, we're over here in the, in the athletics building. So there are times where, and it's, it's a minute detail where we got to spend an extra hour or two going through some HR stuff that, Sometimes makes you want to bang your head on the wall, but it, uh, it, it, that, that would probably be my only, my only drawback, really. Okay. So I guess kind of leaving more of the medical model and heading back to kind of your career, you're still young in this profession. And you, one thing you recently told me is you've gotten a little bit more involved with tax, which is the Tennessee Athletic Change Society. Yeah. And I think especially, I know as a student, we find it really hard to get involved in. Mm-hmm. So for me, it would be water, the Wisconsin Athletic Trainers yeah. Association. I guess, why do you see benefit? And especially for new gags who are like, I don't need this. This is for all the old people, you know, everyone who is advocating for all this stuff. I'm just trying to go about my way. Mm-hmm. Can you, I guess, almost like pitch me why as young professionals and even as students, it's important involved in those associations yeah well one it's a it's a phenomenal networking opportunity um, I get to work with some athletic trainers that I wouldn't not normally come across because most of my the athletic trainers I work with are strictly at the, the collegiate v1 level um, so now I get the opportunity to meet with some high school athletic trainers um, some non-traditional setting in, in terms of industry um, so it's nice just to just to meet new people is a big one um, the other thing too is, and this is a relatively new role for me as well. I've only been on the communications committee for about two months. Um, but the more you get involved with 
uh, state organizations, with national organizations, the more you get to have a say or an input or even just get to hear about where athletic training is going as a profession. So um, I find it really hard to hear people complain about certain things, whether they're not happy and it, this is not specific to athletic training, it can be anything. But if you're gonna complain about a situation not, not working out for you or you find it's not ideal, um, the best way to kind of go about changing that is to do what you can to do something about it. So if you're, if you're actively just sitting around complaining and not changing anything, then I don't, I don't value that very much. So, um, but being on the TATS communication, I get to at least kind of see what our state organization is doing and further down the line, as I move up, maybe maybe have, so, have a little bit more say in kind of kind of how we go about doing some things. But it, it, it's it's nice being able to be a part of the voice of athletic training. Right. All right. So I guess long day for you, long day for us. So I guess we'll kind of move right into our AT five questions now. Unless you have anything else to add on any of those topics. No. All right. So first question here for you. Where do you see athletic training going in the next five to 10 years? So almost set the example. We know that right now, athletic training is making that transition to entry-level master's programs. Mm -hmm. And we, I think we've talked about that a little bit. So I guess, where do you personally see our profession going? Yeah, um, I think it's exciting. Um, to tell you the truth, I, the more I think about it, the more I kind of, I don't really know. And when I say that, I don't say that as a, as a bad thing, like it, I think it's it's exciting. We we do have this entry level masters. Uh, we're also starting. I think athletic trainers in general are just solidifying our role in the healthcare um, community a little bit stronger. You're seeing all over on Twitter and um, different media sites of athletic trainers doing great things in terms of really being able to help their athletes um, and not just athletes, their patients, getting them back to whether it's working in a uh, get work off of a workers comp or um, saving somebody's lives, whether it's their their athlete, their patient, or just somebody kind of in the stands or or just on an airplane, whatever it may be, and I, I think that 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 attention is is just giving us a better out or giving other healthcare professionals a better understanding of what we're capable of doing. And as we continue to expand into different settings, it, that, that also, like, people are becoming more aware of what athletic trainers are and not just a trainer. We're, we're, we're able to do quite a bit in terms of healthcare and uh, assisting our patients. So I, I think that, I think we're growing. Uh, you see people working with their state organizations, uh, with uh, national legislators as trying to get, increase our scope of practices and just more defined scope of practices. Um, so I, I do think athletic training in even the next five years is going to look completely different in a, in a good way. I think that I think that people are starting to recognize us more. Um, we're having a, a stronger footing and it's, it's exciting to see. Right. Um, I guess this question is actually a pretty natural segue here as well. So if you could change or eliminate one thing about the athletic training profession, whether that be a modality, whether that be a common practice, a mindset, what would that be for you? Oh, that's a that's a that's another tough question. Um, I think that I think that we're guilty of doing this to ourselves a lot as athletic trainers. Is just this um, almost this bragging about how many hours we've worked in a in a given week or in a year, or how long we've gone without a day off. Um, 
And by nature, I think athletic trainers are just very dedicated to to our patients and making sure that our, our athletes, our, our individuals that we work with are well taken care of. Um, but I do think a lot of people tend to sacrifice their personal time to do that. Um, and then at times we, some, some athletic trainers can make others feel guilty about not, or maybe expanding their personal life, taking some me time. And I, I think that, I think that as an athletic training profession, we need to get better about doing that. Um, because you can't help other people if you're not taking care of yourself first too. Um, so just, uh, I think promoting personal, personal health and taking care of yourself is something that athletic trainers for sure can be, can be better at. Right. Work on that balance a little bit more. Absolutely. And there's, there's not a, I don't think there's a negative connotation for, for wanting to take care of yourself at times. I, I think that, I think that we owe that to ourselves. Um, to do things that we enjoy, to not be burnt out by work. Because, I mean, if you are, if you're burnt out, you're not going to provide optimal care. You're not going to provide um, as efficient care. Uh, so I, I don't, I don't view that as a negative. I think people, people tend to think that that makes them look selfish if mm-hmm. they're, if they're taking me time or taking this time off to do something. And uh, I, I think that, I think that we, we need to do a better job of promoting individual mental health and care. Gotcha. Awesome. Uh, in total agreement with you on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, so follow up for that. I guess, what advice would you give to yourself as a young athletic trainer? You just graduated school again. Yeah. I know we've kind of talked about a couple things throughout the course of our chat here. Mm-hmm. Anything in particular where it's like, oh, I wish I knew that right when I was coming out or I should have done that. Yeah. Something. Um, I think the two big ones are to check your ego uh, for sure. And then just, and they kind of go along together well in terms of just uh, utilize your resources, be, be a part of a team in the sense that um, I think a lot of young athletic trainers and I, and I was this person a hundred percent and I struggled mightily coming out of undergrad in that I would, I wanted to prove myself. I got a new job. I thought, I thought I was everything that I was, going to do was the right way to do it and and I fought with some people um because I didn't want to be told what to do and I wanted to do whatever I could to um to prove to people that I was a I was a competent athletic trainer um so I did I I got in some not all I want to call them altercations but disagreements with some of the coaches I've worked some of the other athletic trainers I worked with um because I wanted to do things my way and um, I, it, it, I struggled, I struggled. And, and at the end of that, it was, it was one of the hardest experiences of my life, but it was also probably one of the biggest learning experiences um, is one, you don't have to know everything hundred percent of the time. You don't like, it's okay to tell, to admit to people that, you know what, I don't may, I may not know this um, or to lean on whether it's a mentor or another healthcare professional, or, I mean, even like there are certain opportunities where you get to work with a, rehabbing an athlete back to, um, back to play. And it's, it's beneficial to include your sport coaches, your strength and conditioning coaches, um, because in, in a way they are experts at what they're doing. So um, they're, they're gonna know things better than you do. So, so utilizing them in terms, of the, in terms of the rehab process, the return to play process, um, rather than uh, you see a lot of people fighting with certain coaches because they think that this needs to be done this way. Um, and it's in disagreement where, um, and I was there, like I 
it was going to be my way start to finish and and that just that just never goes well so so for a young professional i get trying to earn your place but you also have to kind of temper it with um with leaving your ego at the door because your ego is going to crush you every time right um we'll kind of change gears a little bit here with this next question but what has been the most influential resource you found so far in your career? I know that my time here with you, you've taught me a lot of different techniques and especially a little bit more PRI stuff, but is there anything that, whether it be a book, whether it be a course, or could be anything really that you found really influential for you? Yeah, um, I do. I love the PRI stuff. I love, uh, I utilize quite a bit. I'm, I'm two of the I've only taken two of the primary courses. I look to take the, the third and then start moving into some of their secondary ones. Um, so I love that stuff. I love the BFR, but uh, I think my favorite resource is actually just people. Um, and when I say that, uh, trying to interact, network with as many people as you can, because it's a, it's a good way of just staying up to date with what others are doing, because it, you're never gonna be the leader and forefront with literally everything that you do. So. So Twitter, I think, is a great resource for that. Um, there are a lot of negatives about Twitter, don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. um, but if you follow the right people, you can kind of see where healthcare is advancing um, and kind of stay up to date with that. But also, when, as you network with other people, it doesn't, I think a lot of people think networking and they're like, oh, it's going to help you get another job. It's going to help you advance your career, which it can. It, it, it absolutely does. But you also get the opportunity to talk to um, for like, for me, I can talk to a, let's say, um, uh, a soccer athletic trainer at just Missouri or who, where, wherever, and, um, and kind of see what they're doing, some insight that they've had, they've come up with some new, or they've seen some new treatment techniques for, for a shoulder or an elbow or whatever. And, um, and kind of dig a little bit more and find, find out what new is going on. Um, and just staying in touch with those people because because they they serve as mentors. It's great to, it's great to be able to bounce ideas off of other people and kind of really really uh, see where the profession's growing from there. So I I love talking to people. Um, any any chance that was one of the biggest things I liked about working with track and field is you have all these athletic trainers packed into one facility. It gives you the opportunity to kind of go talk and and see what see what other schools are doing and see what other people are doing. Um, and you find a lot of people are having similar issues to you. Um, and maybe they've solved them or maybe they have another way of thinking through them or maybe you can help them out with some of the issues that they're having. So I think that I think that the more we can talk as a community, uh, obviously you're bound by HIPAA and not giving away specific things about mm -hmm. athletes. But uh, I mean, we're we're able to help each other out a lot more than I think a lot of people realize. Right. All right. Final question for you. You ready? Mm -hmm. All right. With being National Athletic Training Month, I think this is a great question. Yeah. But what does being an athletic trainer mean to you? What is it? Oh, man. Um, I just I have the opportunity to get to help people. And, and, I, and I love that, um, especially at this level where a lot of our athletes that come through, they're still they're still maturing as individuals. So not, not only are you able to provide um, health care to them, but you can also help them in terms of developing into adults um, and just just kind of being there from start to finish uh, through that process is is incredibly rewarding rewarding not just again not just 
rehabbing an ankle injury back to being on the play, but helping an 18 year old kid get to, to be a 22, 23, and then seeing them as they get older and move on with their lives and have families. That's, that's incredibly rewarding. And, and that's, that's probably about my favorite part of the job every day. Awesome. Well, uh, you summed that up perfectly. Um, in closing, anything else that you want to share with us? And I guess people want to reach out where can they find you? You have Twitter? Yeah, I do have a Twitter. I don't, I, you probably won't see me tweet too much of my own stuff. I, I do retweet things that I like. I'll go on and, and like things that I like, but um, if, if people, people send me a message or send me a tweet, I almost always try to get back, back to them too. So um, my Twitter handle is Matarazzo, A-T-C, um, M-A-T-A-R-A-Z-Z-O-A-T-C. Um, we'll throw that up on the uh, episode sheet as well. Perfect. I'm on Instagram as well. That's not as much professional as much as it's, um, I just like to post a lot of pictures about food. Uh, <laughs> I, do, I do like to eat. I like to cook. Um, and then my contact information is on our Vanderbilt website as well. Um, like I said, I, I try to respond to emails as, um, as much as I can too. I don't, I rarely do I just discard something without at least acknowledging it. So feel free to reach out. Um, try to be whatever help I can. Perfect. Well, uh, we'll let you go, Chris. So uh, thank you for your time and we might have to do a follow-up later on. So thank you again and happy National Athletic Training Month. Thank you, Austin. You too. <laughs>